hello and welcome to the queer experience my name is eric i use the pronouns and today today's like a super special day i have been so fucking jazzed about this episode for probably like three or four weeks now i do say that about a lot of episodes but i promise is extra uh true this time um probably because we're running a game today called our traveling home and not only are we running a game uh with an entire panel of trans and non-binary folks we're also running a game with the game's creator with us and so that's super exciting and I know we said we were going to do intros starting in a certain order, but I realize you're the last and that feels wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> I will I will start with uh, the person helping us facilitate and run the game. Um, I, I've been super pumped. So Ash, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, um, my name is Ash Kreider. Um, this is my game. Uh I've also, uh, you know, designed several other uh, tabletop um, and uh, LARP uh, role-playing games uh, like uh, The Watch and The Straits Are Not Okay. Um, and uh, looking, my pronouns are they, them, and looking forward to playing this with y'all. And which pl- which playbook were you playing with us right, today? Right, sorry. I am playing the child. Awesome. Dakota. Hi everyone, I am Dakota or Vision. I use they, she pronouns, and I will be playing the Cursed playbook today. And again, I'm Eric, he, they pronouns, and I am playing the wizard, uh, who will also be using they, them pronouns. Uh, And I'm Jason, I use he, him pronouns. Uh, I will be playing the monster, and my character uses it, its pronouns. Uh, my name is MT. I use he, they pronouns. I will be playing the demon who I suppose if you must use mortal pronouns will take any. We have uh, basically one and a half games left before uh, the climax. Just looking at the time, we're going to play a full game of um, Visitor from the Past, and then we're going to just kind of montage our way through uh, Calm Before the Storm. Um, both of those are exactly what they sound like. So visitor from the past, Um, you receive an unexpected visit from someone um, important from your past, someone you almost never expected to see again. Who is it? Where do they find you? And what happens? Um, So this game is for the demon and two other players. Uh, The demon, um, once again, is going to play another character. They're going to play the visitor. Um, And of the two remaining players, one will be the host and the other will be the bystander. So basically the host will be the person like the visitor is coming to see you. They are someone from your past that you never expected to see again. And the bystander uh, is going to uh, observe this interaction and have the most awkward possible um, interpretation of what is happening or rather misinterpretation of what is happening. Um. So who who feels like uh, they want to have someone from their past come see them? Uh, I I think uh, someone from Asha's past could show up. Um, great. I know we've had a lot of this is a, a I know we've had a lot of stuff with Pyre and uh, yeah. Asha. 
but do we do we want to have uh pyre be the bystander or mort are you feeling that I was gonna suggest more because I wanted to get. I was hoping more was going. I, I, want, know, yeah, I kind of wanted to be more. Jason's such a good, he's such a good role player, and I just want to <laughs> give you some space to do your thing. I'll make this visitor incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> check, check, check. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Uh, I love that. Um, so, uh, all right, uh, Asha, who's the visitor? Um, and uh, why did you not expect to see them? Uh, I think the visitor is um, my father, who had never really paid much attention to me before. Shit. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. We love, we love daddy issues on this podcast. You, you know it. Uh, great. Um, so uh, why don't you um, uh, grab a name from uh, another playbook and uh, tell us what your father's name is. Oh, I, I think it's one I really like. Emler. 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 Uh, great. So Emler um i mean this is kind of on you uh where where does this first reunion um take place like how do you even uh approach asha do you barge into the home uninvited um do you approach the home tentatively um or does this scene happen uh somewhere outside the home um maybe the home is nearby where um asha is like well, sorry i'm not entirely I, I can't remember if there was like in like backstory on how you ended up leaving home or things like that yeah i just became cursed and left the town so okay um, yeah that works so uh in this is referencing a thing from the movie where the visitor by them being here is going to escalate danger to the home and that may or may not be intentionally mm -hmm. um so, um, however, if you if you want to explain how you're there, you can. If you're just like, I'm just there, that's also completely fine. Maybe he spots Asha somewhere outside the home and sort of like follows her back. And then kind of ends up tentatively like working up the nerve to like go knock on the door. Um, if I can make a suggestion, maybe there's like a couple things that we need for the home that like it's just hard to get in the wilds and now Asha has this like cloak and decides to you know um maybe hit up a market when the home is close to like one of these small towns on the periphery and that's when that happens perfect um so uh how do you how do you approach Asha? I I think it's it's a little tentative and it, it's kind of making sure that it's actually hard, but kind of not trying to hide it, but just sort of disbelief that she's I mean, you kind of disappeared after the curse, so wasn't sure if you were alive, what happened. So it's is it really you? Uh, it is it is me, father. What what are you doing here? 
what am I doing here? You, you're, it's just good to see you. It's good to see you nearby. I saw you and I thought it was you and I just wanted to make sure that you were okay. I suppose. Oh, I, I'm fine. How How is the family? I, I mean, the family is certainly... We're doing all right. Of course, your mother has struggled with you being gone. It is... She will be relieved to hear that you're okay, of course. You'd come back and see her, right? You'll come back. Oh, I... It, perhaps in, in the future... She's very worried about now. That that's surprising to me, but I there there's so much going on here. Um I I never imagined I would be this busy outside of a bakery. You're busy, what are you doing? Oh well I I I'm the caretaker here, um, and I've I've got charges to look after. Um like like Mort here, um, I I so, have to make sure Mort is good. Yeah, Mort. Are we wait? Is this happening outside of the house? I think sort of like on the doorstep of like wherever it's sort of resting and like barely hovering above the yeah. ground. Yeah, so, I was gonna say at the mention of Mort, uh, it would probably come around the corner, and just kind of stand there and stare unblinkingly at this person that it does not know. <laughs> And then I think as soon as the attention is called, there's like a jump scare moment of like, ah, <laughs> what is that? Oh, this is, this is Mort. It is a, a, a very friendly and a little strange, but, but <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Are you associating with bog witches now? Oh, oh, you wouldn't believe the kind of people that I'm uh, surrounded by, including this wonderful former bog witch. And Mort just kind of looks at, uh, at Asha's dad and just wiggles its <laughs> fingers. <laughs> kind of like a, a sliding step. <laughs> when do you know magical beings? There's there's much to the world, Father, outside of our bakery. Um, I, I can't get into everything, but it, it's it is good to see you. Well, I just certainly hope you're not tangled up in anything that you'll regret later. So, um, uh, Amler, uh, you have so many questions about what happened you're you're standing here having this extremely midwestern conversation with your child <laughs> is an armadillo um yep <laughs> uh what do you ask first i i think i think there's a it's some combination of are you okay and just a general how like what happens? Um, and Asha sort of thinks for a moment, considers, 
and says, um, a curse befell me one day and, and this is how I am now. I'm making the best I can of it. Does Sir befell you? Is there no way to reverse it? Well, none that I'm aware of yet. But being around um, all of this gives me hope. And he kind of sneaks another glance at Mort and was like, it does not seem to put together how this could be a hopeful situation in terms of a curse. <laughs> I feel like uh, Mort kind of sidles up to Papa and uh, just kind of stands next to him, maybe like leans over and puts a hand on his shoulder, just kind of like a pat 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 maybe a a bit of a threatening squeeze like a watch where like watch out like you're you're on our land now mm -hmm. and watch what you're saying sort of takes a step back and um I, I think my question here for Asha is, do you show your dad into the home or does all of this just happen on the doorstep? Yeah, Asha considered it for a moment as, as that is the polite thing to do. However, decided they decided against it because one, I think that might be a little too overwhelming. Mort is enough. And, <laughs> and two, <laughs> they're not that ex excited to see their dad. Like, surprised, sure, pleasantly, but also there's not a lot of fondness there. So the doorstep is fine. <laughs> um, then I guess uh, the, the follow-up question there is um, how long do you allow this to go on before you start winding this interaction down? I think as this is a Midwestern conversation, we get a nice, you know, pleasant 10 to 15 minutes on the doorstep before Asha says, well, I, I really must be getting back. Um, I I need to be making di uh lunch for everyone soon. Ah, uh, well, do come come back and visit next time you're here. Your mother would be happy to see you, regardless of all of this. When when I'm in the area, I will I will uh, drop by. Kind of like a very awkward Midwestern retreat. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Emily more... said Asha didn't do the like slap on the thighs. Well, look <laughs> <laughs> at the time. No, I feel like Mort would noticing that Asha's like, well, I, I, I need to head inside. Would probably step around their father and kind of walk with them inside 
while like occasionally turning back and just kind of like like <laughs> you can leave now goodbye amazing um so more uh what is what do you, what do you say to asha as the two of you like step into the house and just close the door yeah, I feel like Mort just walks Asha inside, closes the door, and then just defeatedly just kind of flumps on the floor, just like mimes wiping sweat off its brow, like a relief that, oh, thank God that was over. Because <laughs> that was the most awkward encounter of my life. And I mean, probably for you too, because that was, you know, like a family member, but just there were rancid vibes. It's nice that he thought to say hello. Um, but I must admit, I'm glad he's gone. And we're just kind of like motioning, like, just kind of like a yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> and then would probably um, quickly get up and, and go to the kitchen because it's absolutely starving yeah asha like is is like very clear to be like i'm happy here um it was nice that that my dad stopped by but i do not want to go back there <laughs> um and and asha like for you, what about this interaction really, like, put a point on the fact that uh, this is your home and these people are your family? Yeah, I think, you know, Asha... Asha had always sort of wanted a, like, really positive relationship um, with their family, but seeing that sort of opportunity come up um it just didn't strike positively as as they thought it would and the real sort of warmth and um like sense of home they felt is here not going back even if their family did seem to miss them at the surface level um feeling the feeling of home was here, not there. Um, awesome. Uh, so, uh, one last question for Amler. Um, how does the visitor escalate damage, or sorry, escalate danger to the family once they leave? Do they do so purposefully? Or does the enemy in the outside world take advantage of them? I don't think it's necessarily purposeful, but I do think that somebody going up to the house um, and like noticing it and maybe interrupted some of the like magical like scrying protections or things like that. So that somebody being able to follow Asha back to the house made it then easier for someone in the Pontifex's organization to track the house and, and catch up to them after you know, they lost the airship, but they're now trying to get that hold on them so it can start tracking and following them again. 
um, yeah, maybe, maybe there's something about, you know, um, the protections that were put on the house that were specifically like, okay, we're not going to blow up in Asha's face. Um, but then that was like made the house more visible or something. Mm -hmm. Um, great. So, uh, this is act two, which means we have a whole new set of marks. Uh, so, uh, Asha and Mort, uh, did you hit any of your act two marks? Scrolling, scrolling. <gasps> Ooh, more. I got uh, the big star, which was turn your back on your old self. Ooh. Which I think was interesting to be to hear former Bogwitch and then play into acknowledging that and playing the part of a supportive family member which also leads into provide comfort to someone who needs it uh, because dealing with a family member is always difficult, uh, especially in cases where you're cursed to have armadillo-like features. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Asha? Yeah, I also um, got to... I refused an offer to rejoin the outside world and received comfort from an unexpected source in more. Uh, awesome. All right, so on to our uh, second to last game. Um, and I am going to encourage people to um, just really sketch scenes in here. Um, we're we're going to try and keep them comparatively short to give ourselves space for uh, the ending, which will be more involved. Why can't I find... It's my game. It's on page there we go. 30. <laughs> yes, I just found it. It's like, it's not like I wrote this game. Um, all right, so Calm Before the Storm. Um, so, you know, we don't talk about it, uh, but we all feel the danger looming overhead. Um, this gambit of confronting the Pontifex was only ever going to um, buy us enough time to hopefully do things more on our terms. Um, so uh, we don't know when uh, the attack is going to come, but we know what's going to happen soon. Um, so what do we do with this brief moment of calm? Um, who do you spend it with? What secrets do you lay bare? And which do you hold tight to? Um, this game is for everyone, and it's the last game to be played in Act 2. Um, so uh, let's just everyone go around real quick and describe, like, um, a brief, uh, like, just like a brief shot in, like, a montage of, like, what is a sign that your character observes um, that uh, shit is very close to getting real? Um, and I think for Kellis, it's just um, seeing uh, three airships uh, overhead, maybe about a mile away. And they're kind of flying, you know, perpendicular across our path. I think for me, I think it's being locked away in my lab <laughs> and like my study and like 
working spells, working magic, and like I call it like very light divination, but like everything I'm doing is just coming up with like doom, like or bad omens, or like things are not like descriptive in any way. Like it's not like I know, oh, on Tuesday this person's gonna come for you, but it's just like, yeah, I know whatever you're looking for, not good. Stuff's not good. I think for Vesiath, it's the fact that everyone else is worried enough that they've allowed them to keep the, that especially Pyre has allowed them to keep the holes in the walls for faster travel and protection. So the fact that like, okay, we know something real is coming and like being able to like sort of peek over your shoulders from the divination and see the script continuing to like be present, I think is like, yep, this is real. Yeah, and I think for, for Asha, who knows, you know, nothing about any of the magic stuff, seeing Pyre's um, etchings continue to grow, but also seeing Pyre locked away more, even more than normal, um, definitely is giving off vibes. Like, there's some serious stuff happening. Yeah, and then I'd probably say whenever Mort is kind of out in the wilds, gathering things or collecting things um would probably start to notice harried footprints in the mud and through just kind of tracking through the forest maybe trying to map everything that's out there and would know that it's not the sign of a hunter it's not the sign of people lost in the wilderness it's people who are actively there for a purpose yeah. Um, awesome. So uh, these are the last moments of calm. Uh, we're going to take turns selecting a prompt uh, from the list below, or, uh, you know, you can come up with your own if, if nothing here uh, appeals. Um, ask one player to join you. Um, describe what happens together or play out uh, a very brief scene. Um, each player chooses once. This will be your last chance for one-on-one -on -one moments with another character before the final resolution. So if there's anyone you wanted a scene with and not had one, now is the time to have one. If the wizard and the cursed share a scene, they may only address their feelings for each other obliquely. Um, <laughs> the available prompts are go for a walk in the wilds, challenge someone to a game, do some minor tasks you've been putting off, read to someone or get them to read to you, uh, or cook a meal. <laughs> I I want to do I, I would like I'm going to do the cook a meal option and I'm going to I'm actually going to ask Ellis to join me. Um, and I think I'm going to cook the meal like and in part because like I get like the cooking being so tied to emotion for higher um and i think wanting to share a little bit of that with Kellis because <clears throat> maybe while imparting magic like imparting complicated magic on them has been challenging you know this is something else that pyre knows how to do and can share with them um i i love that and i could i could see like I could see Pyre like using the opportunity to be like cookbooks 
all the instructions are right here and then you follow them and then the food happens. <laughs> but I think I, instead of, I actually think instead of going that route, my, I think my train of thought with it is I think teaching a little bit about the cooking and like how to, how things work. Cause I think there's the reality that like Kellis is never, may never be good at like, here's hefty text. You should sit with it a lot, but there's other ways to access magic. And there's, I think other ways to understand yourself. And I, so I want them to understand kind of just putting things together. You have, it's trial and error sometimes. Like it's mm -hmm. a very unconventional lesson coming from Pyre and what they don't realize while we're doing everything is that we're actually making a specific meal for each person. So oh, like that. something that like really speaks to Asha, something that really speaks to Mort, something that really speaks, well, Bessieth, we, we symbolically make food for Bessieth. <laughs> um, and the last one is when it probably clicks for them because like, we start making you know, the magical equivalent of mac and cheese and dino chicken nuggets. Um, but I think that being a piece of like helping them remember to stay connected to people while also staying connected to like the thing that you're doing. Uh, I, I love that. Yeah. Um, and um, I guess my question would be just does Pyre include themselves in this? Is there anything that they cook for themselves? And if not, then like what would be what would be the thing that they would never think to make for themselves that Callus can be like, okay, but now we have to make this for you. I think and Pyre's definitely not making any food for themselves. At least not without Callus being like, I'm making you food um okay great that's what happens <laughs> <laughs> um i actually think like it would be a very i think it's the the thing and maybe this is the way that kella shows how in tune they've been with pyre but like i want to say that pyre's like most com like the comfort meal that really speaks to them is like an equivalent of grilled cheese and tomato soup like it's very simple there's not a lot of ingredients it's very mm -hmm. basic but it's like that thing that they can go back to whip it out in like 10 minutes and then be able to have that. Um, yeah. And I think what Callus has noticed, noticed is like, it's the thing that you don't have to make a decision about when you're like, I have a book and I'm sitting at the table and I'm reading it. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's like that thing that you do so often that your executive dysfunction or <laughs> executive dysfunction uh, that it doesn't require executive function to like make a decision about because it's just like such a habit. Right. Um, and yeah, uh, Callus is absolutely like, okay, well we need to make something for you as well. And um, I, I think they're like, I know how to make grilled cheese, but you have to show me how to make the tomato soup. <laughs> yeah. Which I think, I feel like that would be, you know, I'm sure Kellis has made grilled cheese for themselves at some point during their journeys here. Yes. Um, so it's like a joint venture. I'll cook the tomato soup. They make the the grilled cheese. Um, and then we like take the the food to everybody um, as people are settling into their like activities for the evening. Yeah, I love that. 
Um, yeah, it's a great scene. I would um, love. Sorry. sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I said I would love to have a scene with Asha. I don't know whether that would be like a. I mean, can't really go for a walk in the wilds. Um, but I actually wanted to have a scene with you too, and I had an idea that is not one of the prompts, but it's based on one of the prompts. Hit me. Go for it. Go nuts. I feel like, um, since. Bessieth is very um, invested in learning about how like humans operate and things. Asha wants to introduce Bessieth to the concept of a pet and what we do with pets. And so Asha is going to show Bessieth how she's like training this rabbit that she stole. <laughs> and like why we train animals to do things, which she doesn't really know why, but <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that would be like a fun, like quote unquote, game for us to do oh. is to teach the rabbit to do things. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So you're simply, yeah. What is the point of spending the additional resources, though? So that you can de develop a bond with them. You, we, we keep pets as a way to uh, give our love to something that will accept it unconditionally. But will it ever mature into adulthood or is it simply something to receive affection pets are pets regardless of age it, it's not like a child who becomes a, a fully fledged adult eventually pets simply exist as part of our lives hmm Fascinating. I and I apologize. I know we are in, you know, I I was simply curious about the reasons you brought back a small creature and it was not for food. Well, <laughs> while we may have had rabbit um as a meal before, um this this one is not for food. Um but we can teach it to do things for us um like going and and getting food um here watch this and and asha takes a carrot and like puts it across the room and then like sets the rabbit down and like tries to get the rabbit to go get the carrot and obviously the rabbit has no clue the carrot's over there but she's trying really hard to get the rabbit to notice the carrot and how does the how does the the vegetable make them do do tasks? Uh, it it's a reward. It it's something they enjoy. Um, like uh, like cake. It's like cake. It's like cake. 
I see. So uh, an, 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 an the, the perfect motivator, ultimately. Yes. I. But, but I sometimes we need to we need to give it a a little a little nudge, to in the right direction. Ah uh, ah uh, yes yes that thing where sometimes you pretend that you do not know things that you know and you have to sort of make them deal with it without saying it out loud. Sounds like you might have uh, some experience with this. Well, it's been a learning experience, of course. <laughs> You've interacted with Pyre ever. <laughs> oh, never. I couldn't. No. Um, and so Asha tries to like give the rabbit a little uh, nudge in the right direction and it goes to like get the carrot but obviously it doesn't bring the carrot back it just starts eating the carrot <laughs> it kind of uh, blinks a little bit and then sort of stops paying attention to the rabbit so much and turns to Asha and do you ever care for other people in the same way as you care for pets the leading them places and teaching them things no, I I think that a lot of people have have pets as a a sort of way to give affection that they can't give otherwise. Um, but being being here, I've I've felt needed in a way that I haven't before. Um, I still enjoy having the the pet, and I'm glad we could give it a good home, but. It, it it has been nice to be needed. Needed and 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 listened to. You know they listen to you here. Oh yes. For once someone actually listens when I speak. Um, even if I do sometimes have to be a little louder than normal. <laughs> oh, you're not loud. There are so so many loud beings, and you are not one of them. But, but, uh, 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 Asha, you have, of course, you seen higher since they came back from the airship. Have you not? I have. You know that script is the result of our pact, correct? Yeah, yes, I, I, I've ascertained as much. It appears when they pull, perhaps more than they should. And I simply worry that if they continue to pull with whatever is coming next, that they will pull too hard. I'm worried as well, but... We will be there for Pyre and make sure that things go as, as well as they can. They need us. Yes. Yes. I just... It's just important because I do not know that this is something they will hear from me. But if they pull as much as they did again, then I do not know if we will still have a pyre to come back to. 
Thank you, Vasya. Thank you for letting me know. It seems perhaps not the kindest thing to do, but I will take the thanks as it is intended. And uh, uh, Asha picks up the rabbit and like starts petting the rabbit, but also kind of like nudges the rabbit towards Vesius. <laughs> I think you see some like the wind picks up and kind of again ruffles kind of the the rabbit's fur, sort of petting, petting. And I hope you managed to teach it to do dishes. That would be very useful. <laughs> I'll get to work on it. I think Vessius kind of floats out of the room and is like, I accomplished my task. <laughs> Amazing. <clears throat> um, I think my scene's going to be real short. Uh, I think the next time that Mort is, you know, going for a forage or a scuttle or a whatever it is that it does, um, I think that Callus uh, asks if they can come along. I'm actually going to add my prompt to this. Amazing. And do it and do a twofer. Uh, so I feel like as Mort and Callus are going out on this walk, uh, it's a perfect opportunity for Mort to try and tell Callus the story of what happened to it. Oh, okay. So just kind of as they're walking, using the environment to kind of paint the picture of maybe they walk along a, a bog and Mort kind of points out a spot that is similar to where its home once was, or kind of draws in the mud a little bit to paint the picture visibly and kind of involves Kellis in that storytelling to show that while Mort was once in the position of an actual monster and actually doing or making these deals and taking things from people that the consequences of those actions have led it to this point and that there is that sense of i am being punished for things that i have done and you don't need to be afraid of me yeah and you know you're involving callus in this you know telling and there's definitely parts where um an outsider would see it as strange and alarming mm -hmm. um but callus just takes everything in stride and is just like um meeting it where it's at and um you know it in kind of in stark contrast to like um asha's dad who was extremely alarmed by you just standing there and looking at him 
Um, and you know, there's, there's parts where, you know, you're kind of like reenacting stuff and, and Kellis is, is like, okay. Um, and listens and, um, very obviously like is not afraid. Yeah. And, and once all of that was kind of shared, it would be something along the lines of they've had this weirdly silent heart to heart, but then because the two of them understand each other a little bit better, Mort kind of involves Kellis in, well, we're looking for stuff. So like here, hold this, hold this, mm -hmm. also hold this. And I think it becomes Mort starts to give Kellis a bit more responsibility as like, you are doing this with me. You might be a child, but you have equally endured your own chair of things. And it's almost like more treating Kellis like an adult. Yeah, I love that. Um, and Kellis definitely responds to that. Um, but I think there's also like a couple times where like they just find a cool weird bug and they're like real excited to show it to you because like out of everyone in the house, like they know that you will appreciate this cool weird bug, right? And more, I think might try to eat it. <laughs> you but know I don't know. And it's like, I don't know if that's a compliment or if it's taken as like, I showed you this weird bug and you immediately put it in your mouth, spit it out. Um, but who knows? It's just a weird interaction with two little guys just yeah. <laughs> out, out in the woods. Exactly. Yeah, we're we're just we're just two little creatures out in the woods. Yeah, we're two little creatures just being weird. I love that. Um, awesome. Uh, just looking at the time, does everyone feel like they they had interactions they feel good about here? Yeah. All right. So, uh, last scene then. Um, uh, how it ends. Um, the moment we've been dreading uh, arrives. Um, so the enemies attack. Uh, the enemy makes a direct attack uh, against the home, and it is time to fight to protect what we love at any cost. So this game is for everybody. Um, if anybody has not used their starred mark for Act Two, uh, you will need to incorporate it into this round of scenes. Um, at the end of the game, um, all of the marks uh, will be totaled to determine the ending. So, um, uh, smoke them while you got them. Uh, so, uh, where, uh, I guess, just real quick, where and how does this attack take place? Um, and I guess I'll throw this, uh, like, Vesiath, since, since you are our Kevin, um, you know, what, what is, what is Kevin bringing to this situation here? I think the, the escalation is just overwhelming force. It's three airships. It's more backup. It's other sorcerers from whatever or effects of. It is bringing a whole 
straight up he said he managed to convince whatever the higher ups were that this was what all the resources needed to be devoted to because this is the future yeah yeah and it's 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 so many dudes so um, many so many <laughs> uh great uh and yeah so the threat to the home is obvious um i i think kevin uh has given orders that uh if uh pyre and the home can't be seized uh then they are to be destroyed how this is going to work is uh we're going to have two rounds of very short prompts um the wizard is going to start each round with a fixed prompt while everyone else will choose from a list um, then the player, uh, you know, will, will resolve the prompt, uh, and then the player who selected the prompt will roll to determine, uh, basically how it goes. Um, same as the previous scenes, you can add your previous marks for the act, uh, up to a bonus of three. Um, so, um, and for the purposes of, you know, determining that bonus, you, you know, don't, you know, feel free to look at your sheet and decide what that is for yourself. Um, if a player has an unfilled mark and are able to incorporate that mark into the framing of their prompt, uh, you can take an extra plus one uh, in rolling the prompt. Um, so uh, yeah, starting with the wizard, um, the first prompt, uh, defend the home from direct attack. So the home comes under direct attack. Um, you know, what happens? Uh, is it artillery fire, soldiers on the ground, bombs dropped from airships? Yes. Um, describe how you use your power to re repel the first wave of assault. Then declare your love for the cursed before charging into danger. How does the cursed react? Yeah, so I think... Um, I think, I mean, I, when I, I we see all the things co coalescing, Pyre runs out front in front of the house... I think does a full, you know, Scarlet Witch style shield over everything, um, which kind of absorbs. I wouldn't say like, like, and the shield is designed in a way where instead of it just like things exploding around us because there's still wilds around us. And I don't want to hurt that either. The shield actually like, I want it to like absorb in the energy for like these, these things. And then pop it all back out at everybody um kind of like a giant maybe it feel like it feels like a giant energy trampoline like it just you know whoop down just a little bit and then spring it right back at everyone um and i once we like once that kind of first wave is done it like pulls the shield down um turns looks at the cursed and I'm going to, I'm going to, I commit to a bit and looks at the cursed or looks at Asha and just goes, I got you. And then turns to like headstrong into everything. I'm going to push back slightly on that because this is, this is Pyre declaring their feelings. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, I th so in that case, I think Pyre Pyre looks at Asha and kind of goes, you you know, you seem you see them get a little flustered again, and you see them looking over and saying like, 
I've for as much as I am good with my words and for as much as I know how to say the things they need to say, feelings have never been my strong suit. And before I go and do this and before I inevitably may not return, I just need you to know. And you see like, like the words like sit in his throat for a second as he tries to like, I have always and will always love you. And then just kind of stands there in a like, I have said something that is incredibly difficult for me to say. I am now watching your face for 30 seconds to see if there is a response. Um, I, I, I will just add that you're not going to give Asha a whole lot of time for a response. Right. This was like, like it's like 30 like I'm looking for like yeah, a, yeah. No. a moment. Asha literally just starts beeping and says, oh, fire. And then you, know, you probably have to go off and do things. But that's about it. Yeah. And it's like once I get that like brief, that brief beat for you to respond, it's a turn. Looks back and does the. I got you. And then runs. Uh, great. Uh, so that moves us on to why did I change pages? Oh God. Okay. Uh, so um, that moves on to everyone else. Uh, our available available prompts are foolishly leap into danger, uh, scramble to deal with serious damage to the home, um, keep the family from panicking at a crucial moment. Uh, repel an attack uh, by the enemy's henchmen, uh, meddle with forces beyond your understanding, or inspire someone to be their best self. Uh, however, uh, before I forget, uh, Pyre, please uh, give me a roll. Yep. Um, and do I count, do I get to count a mark if I've now used it now in this yes. moment? Okay. Yeah. That is great because I rolled. An eight, so that would make that up to a three, 11. Uh, awesome. Um, so uh, just describe um, what Pyre charging into battle looks like. Yeah, Pyre going in, we're, we're, we're going to go hard in this Jubilee flying energy, and it's just this massive burst of energy out from Pyre as they're floating into the air, um, trying to knock one of the, the airships, like, just clean out. Mm-hmm. So, or, like, maybe trying to puncture the the actual, like, balloon part of it so that way it will crash down. Um, awesome. Uh... So, uh, on to other people in the scene. Um, I think for, for this round, I would go for, um, protecting the, the home from henchmen. Mm-hmm. Because I think Vesiath has been setting up all this time to be able to defend this house. And I think a lot of the time they compress themselves down into a little bit of a smaller form, but right now they are like angry. They are like diffuse they are like no like formless they are just win they are like taking up the entire house there's like 
magic artillery raining down from these airships and they're like deflecting huge chunks of ice and rock and just very much like you finally see them sort of in their most tropical elements as they awesome. are protecting the space. Yeah, uh, go ahead and uh, roll some dice. That is an eight plus two from the beats that I hit in the last scene of um, expressing concern for someone behind their back and telling the cursed that the wizard is running out of time. Y'all, I have never seen anyone roll this many. I am genuinely like surprised. <laughs> I do not think <laughs> have great face look. There's still time for us to mess it all up. Don't you fret. Don't you fret. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, yeah, so I think, um, it's just a flash over to, uh, like, man, Callus is so freaked out, but they're like, no, I have to pull my weight. Um, and I think that they're just, like, trying to deal with damage to the home, you know, like there's all this, all this stuff is flying around. And I think um, there's like uh, a really big window uh, that shatters and like Callus is like trying to push stuff in front of it and, you know, uh, kind of hurriedly sweep the glass out of the way just so like no one steps on it. And, you know, like, um, yeah, uh, they're, they're they're not like certainly not like rushing out to like fight people, but at the same time, um, uh, and I think um, there's like, uh, you know, like a firebomb that lands in a window and they like uh, comes in through one of the open windows and they like use some spontaneous water magic to like put it out, and so they're they're literally like running around putting out fires in the home. Um. So we will see how this goes. Uh, okay, well, that's not as terrible as it could be. Uh, that's a seven. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a five and I have, uh, I have two of my act two marks hit. So, um, I, someone throw a very obvious, uh, complication at me here what what doesn't quite go to plan i think part of the house catches on fire to an extent that you can't fix it yeah yeah yep. yeah and i i think um i think i get caught just basically using my water magic to like keep it from spreading all right asha or mort yeah, I think Asha seeing Pyre out battling everything on their own just overwhelms her. And so she fool foolishly leaps into danger um, after Pyre and tries to um, take out some of the uh the like ground things going on great you just running at some soldiers with like a mop or something 
I have yeah. armadillo claws. Oh, that's that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Actually, you probably could fuck some dudes up. Yeah, I mean, I'm also just sort of taking a page out of Mort's book here. Like, I observed what happened when something very strange-looking runs at someone who's not expecting it. So so, uh, Asha's trying to kind of emulate that, because she's not a very violent person. So she's just like, ah, I've got big scary armadillo claws, go away. Amazing. Go ahead and give me a roll. Okay. So I got a seven plus that counts as another mark plus three marks. So that's a ten. Uh yeah. Um these soldiers were prepared for a lot of things. They were not prepared for a very angry armadillo person. <laughs> Uh, I love it. Uh, all right, and Mort, you're uh, closing out the round for us here. All right, so Mort is going to uh, meddle with forces beyond your understanding. However, uh, Mort's previous knowledge of being a bog witch kind of comes in handy here. Uh, and without kind of explaining why, it's just going to grab handfuls of potion bottles from Pyre's study and run outside and directly like because I'm assuming that some of the the soldiers or whatever will have been driving magical vehicles of some kind yeah sure so I feel like Mort would take these potion bottles and would shove them into like the exhaust pipe of some of these vehicles knowing full well that mixed with the exhaust or the spark of an ignition or anything like that would cause the effects of the potions to explode or do something to the vehicles in the surrounding area um but to everyone else it just kind of looks like mort's grabbing something anything and then just running away with it right yeah uh awesome so go ahead and roll oh geez uh that's a 12. (laughs) (laughs) what is the most dramatic reaction that happens with one of these vehicles uh ooh i'd say just because we love a callback the vehicle and all of the surrounding soldiers for one of them uh when the vehicle is kind of revved the bottle in the back shatters and everything is enveloped in this like purple haze this purple smoke and all of the soldiers have turned into squirrels (laughs) <laughs> you love to see it yeah uh all right uh round two final round um so back to pyre uh and your prompt is surrender your humanity for the power to protect the family your power is great but you're still only one person and you can't hold back if you're going to protect your family 
What happens that forces you to surrender your humanity and fully transform into your demonic form? Who do you think of as you make the decision to transform? Describe the transformation and how you use your power to protect the home from increasing aggression. I I think it's like, as I'm like up in the air and I'm looking at this, I look over and I, I can still see the house. I can still see the home. And I see... Uh, I see you. I see the. I see our child trying to uh, put out the fires. So I see Kellis like trying to put out fires, and just like the the fire and the smoke and everything just raging across everything. And it's the first time that I have like any kind of paternal feeling towards them. Really, like I think I've done my best to like try and be a guardian of sorts. But, like, seeing them in, like, actual danger has, like, tipped me over the edge. And, yeah, I go full, full rage on everyone. As if everything I've been doing hasn't been rage adjacent at this point. <laughs> and I think that the full, like, full demonic form of it is that I... I want to say like my entire body almost goes like translucent and that the contract writing is visible and looks more dense on my skin, but that anywhere where there's not writing, it is just almost like stars. Like it's like looking through like a night sky. And I, I just unleash, like I, I kind of, try and do some sort of a protection behind me and I just anything in front of me in the sky just takes a massive wave of energy and force great go ahead and roll full phoenix on everyone love it well you know you keep wanting not as great rolls that's a four plus, I got a seven. So it's still in the okay range. It's not a total failure. <laughs> I mean, I have a suggestion. Okay. Uh, I think that you succeed but maybe your aim is a little off because you bring one of the airships down out of the sky directly onto yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That, that feels like, cause at that point, like when I'm doing this, like it's my survival doesn't matter in that moment. Yeah. At least not to me. Um, and that ties directly into, uh, this is literally my last chance to hit my required act two mark. Uh, so I, I have to take this opportunity. Um, there's this moment where it's just like a close up of your face and it's like, yep, this is what has to happen. Um, and then like, uh, this like, bubble of water forms around you um and like you know that it's Kellis and like Kellis has stopped using their magic 
on the home and is using it to shield you from the worst of like the burning debris and like they are they are screaming something at you and of course you can't hear them um but you know that they're telling you that you are not allowed to leave them and that you have to come back sweet uh i'm not mad about that uh that's <laughs> that's a 13 <laughs> i'm not mad about that it's way more than a perfect roll <laughs> it's in fact the best roll of the night i believe yeah <laughs> it's true <laughs> uh yeah and i think in this context uh the 13 is just like they manage to deflect this this burning wreckage and also them doing so does not cause the house to be immediately immolated. Let's big finish it, people. Let's big yep. finish. Are we on the other prompts for round two then? Uh, it's the same prompts. So yeah. like this, the same, the same options. Um, but also if you have some, like if you have an idea for something oh. that you're doing like feel free to do that like these are just like here are some things you could be doing that's fine uh because i i have one i think um after blowing up the one vehicle um mort would notice kellis kind of trying trying their damnedest to keep you know pyre alive uh, and would probably walk over and just kind of kneel down next to Kellis and just kind of be there as like a, like, keep going, you got this kind of thing. Uh, and do the, keep the family from panicking at a crucial moment. Yeah, and, and they do, but they are going to hold on to Mort's hand so tightly. Oh, yeah. Because it's like the last thing that Mort would want to do is for Kellis to not believe that they're able to do this um, or to stop doing it. <laughs> so it's kind of like a, I know it's it's difficult and it's like, don't worry about the it, it's kind of like Mort's separating Kellis from the burning house because it's like that's not the important thing right now. So don't focus on that. Just like keep doing what you're doing um awesome uh so i think this is less about how well do you do it and more does something terrible happen to you while you're doing it uh, fair enough go ahead and roll uh nine so it works but there's a complication And I kind of want to play more into the fire behind us. Yeah, like at sure. that point, there are pieces of the house that are burning off. Um, I think what is burning is the mantle that has the figurines. The that figures you stole on it. From... Yep. Yep. Nope. That works perfectly. Yep. Ashar Vesey. Yeah, I think 
actually Asha's second action is going to be with uh Vesiv, um <laughs> which is to inspire someone to be their best self. Um, you know, I think after running at the soldiers and trying to be scary, Asha kind of retreats back to the home. Um and realizes that Vesieth has been working incredibly hard to try to defend this home from everything going on and is getting exhausted and overwhelmed. And so they they really like try to give Vesieth a, a sort of pep talk of like, you're the best demon that I've ever seen. And uh I I know that, you know, any hurricane would pale in comparison to you, kind of, you know, trying to pump up Vesieth to to keep keep fighting, keep keep defending the home the best they can. I was gonna say, is that like a is that like a role thing or is that like a, I can just react? So it's still it's still Asha's role. Mm-hmm. I think Vesieth And and then you'll you'll is. have a thing that you can okay. do right after. Cool. Apparently my pep talk is very good. I got a 12. Great. <laughs> you are the most pepped you've ever been, Vessi. <laughs> so, like, hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. I think also Vessi is maybe perhaps a little more corporeal than usual because of the way that their pact works. With, like, Tyre having gone full demon, I think they are closer to a humanoid form than you've ever seen them before, even as they're, like, multiple manifestations and self darting around they're like much more solid and together and like i think they both are touched by the fact that you have thought enough to come back for them um but i think they're also very excited to see you because they're still tethered to the home but you're not and pyre's out there by themselves right yeah and I think there's just one of those forms, like even as like Vethius is still like trying to deflect things, I think there's one of those little manifestations that comes up to you and is like, I can help you get them. Let me help you. So I think this is a fun combination of mess with forces beyond your uh, <laughs> beyond your knowledge and perhaps inspire to be your best self. But I think you, I, I think Vethius like straight up says, let me help you get them. And you see some of the same sort of like floating scripts start to pop up into the air and you have, I think for the first time, maybe some understanding of it and that it's something that's being offered, but it's temporary access to Vethius' power, bounded to a battle, but just for this moment to say, take this and go. Love it. Hell yeah. Okay. Okay, that is seven plus two is nine. Um, I mean, I I think the the question to be asked here is is like, what is this costing Vesieth? I think splitting power. I think it splits their focus, and I think they're probably taking damage or or being not able to either not able to defend their home as much or not able to defend themselves as much. So it's like actively harming them to be spreading their power this thin. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. 
All right. So here's when we figure out how all of this resolves. Um, so uh, what everybody needs to do is just real quick, uh, uh, total up how many marks across both acts uh, did you hit? I had six. I also have six. Okay. I have seven. Okay, so that's uh, 19. Yep. Got all eight. Amazing. Uh, 27. I think I just hit six since I grew weak after doing something too dramatic to protect the family. So six for me. Sweet. 35. Um, and because it is a one shot, we're going to bump it up a level. Uh, so, uh, great news, uh, great success. Um, if this was a full campaign, uh, how this would work is, uh, we would, we would have to make some choices about what parts of our ending are imperfect. Um, but, uh, basically we're just going to, um, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, this is when the ending montage uh of our movie is going to happen um sorry i'm just acquainting myself with the rules because it's late and i'm tired um so uh this is the moment when everything is terrible uh the things to resolve are um uh the pact between the wizard uh the wizard regains their human form uh, the curse's spell is broken. Uh, the enemy is defeated. Um, the home is restored. Uh, and um, the enemies... Either you make peace with the enemy or you negate their ability to uh, affect you. Um, so these threads are referenced on page 37 of um the pdf uh and we're just gonna kind of go in whatever order um and at some point it's gonna make sense for the cursed and the the wizard to have their touching reunion and you know resolution of that declaration of love and all of that and that will happen so um i don't know i i guess uh let's throw things over to pyre uh yeah and uh, what I mean, uh, what jumps out at you? I mean, I feel like I mean, like the the pact and the was like the the two things that are connected to both me and and Basieth, like that's would both be the like important things, I guess. Like I regain my humanity, and somehow like I guess if the pact is, I guess I don't know if I don't like if the pact breaking means that it's a like they have to go back to because I don't want I don't want like a bad ending for our demon. No, so it's it's so what it means is like the sitch it the stalemate that you're in is broken. So okay. Vesieth gets to stay and you're gotcha. no longer um and actually uh I I have I have an idea for um ending the attack if that helps 
Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, so uh, the Pontifex has gotten everyone on side by, you know, being like, listen, uh, Pyre has stumbled on basically this new, like, magic that has, like, great potential. And we're going to figure out how they did it. And then we're just going to, like, make all the wizards that work for us, like, do that thing. And then we're going to take over the world. And um, it was all predicated on, of course, all the wizards that we bully into doing this are going to do what we want. Um, and like, so like Pontifex Kevin is there because like, he's just like personally committed to destroying Pyre, but like everyone else is like, no man, we just want to like do colonialism and like enjoy the profits of that. <laughs> but when they're confront, like Pyre very like visibly, like just having this Phoenix level freak out and like completely sacrificing themselves um really like makes the people in charge like maybe we need to rethink this um and uh yeah uh they they start giving orders to withdraw um which i think the pontifex is very unhappy about but like it's like his it's it's their boss that's like no this is this is costing us too much uh we need to rethink this yeah and i think it maybe and maybe just for like a knowing how lot like the for timing and whatnot i feel like it's i almost vision this like as like a nice mod like because i think we got enough points to like get all of like the good side of resolved so i just like i imagine this kind of ending of like you know pyre comes back you kind of cut across this montage of like pyre and asha maybe sitting like having dinner together laughing talking if like it fades over to maybe like a sitting in front you know sitting in front of the fireplace i've got my my book on page 837 with a squirrel popping out um it presents a rose to asha because I've trained the, the squirrels of page 837 to present roses when they're summoned. <laughs> but I, I like the idea, like, and, and Bessie, I think you and I, like, you, the pact breaks, you're able to stay. And I guess the question is, like, do you stay in the house? So everyone gets to pick oh. one of these threads out and, like, describe, like, what the resolution of that looks like. Gotcha. Yeah, so I was... So what I was doing is I was picking that thread of the enemy's attack and saying, here's how it ends, right? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, 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 you, sorry. You've had this big, like, magical freak out, uh, and you're expecting to just be crushed, right? Yeah. You're expecting, like, there's all these, like, you've you've crashed an airship, there's two more, there's, you know, the house is on fire, all this stuff is happening. And in in this moment where you can't win, that's the moment where the generals um, do the math. And they're like, right. we out. Um, and and it's this weirdly anticlimactic moment where you're like, what? What is happening? Um, 
so yeah if someone else wants to but i love that flash forward of you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. this moment but when we come back to this moment someone else feel free to pick up another thread and describe what resolving that looks like I'd like to see the home restored or even improved. I know that improved is an option. Yeah. Um, but I feel like with the fire damage, it was something that had to be completely redone. Um, one of the things specifically for the improvement of the home is I'm not sure how the group feels about continually traveling. I mean, traveling as a group is fun and unique and we get to go different places and see different things. So I think as close to a functional traveling home uh, would be ideal. Um, but the one thing that I kind of keep coming back to is like a, an image is the original um little figurines that had burned in the fire there is a new version of those that are in the improved home but instead of those individual pieces it's more like one solid sculpture and it's a like a, a carved sculpture that i feel like at some point mort would have made with just like a block of wood and would have sculpted it to be the group just like sitting together akin to like a family photo and it's just all of them sitting together and that is what sits on the mantle instead of those pieces but it's just like one uniform piece of artwork yeah i love that and i think there's a difference between traveling because we want to and traveling because we're running away from something you know yeah mm -hmm. Um, Pyre, I wonder if the way that the um, pact resolves is that because you went full out, you maybe have a greater understanding of the script and were able to work out either like mm. a loop or something that like unbinds me from the house without you losing access to the power. Yeah. Some way for us to figure out like an equilibrium between the two mm -hmm. of us. Or, or even just to like formally break it and and still re like I, either break it or rebuild it with access to the power or maybe you just unlocked the ability to connect to that power without necessarily needing me as that tether mm. yeah and i guess the question then is like would you do you stay at that like do you choose to stay with us in the house i think they especially as folks like they are something that likes likes to be moving and are very excited to be free again. But we, as the house is rebuilding, ask that they still get to keep the balcony room so that they can come out and visit and stay and have a base of operations. So maybe not there all the time, but always coming back. Yeah. I love that. Does the least... have an opinion about their spell? Yeah. A lot of magic flying around. I think I think that sort of two things coalesced <laughs> there that um broke 
the curse. And the first is the throwing themselves into danger um, without regard for themselves, but being very confident in their decision, which is, you know, very uncharacteristic. But then I think also being connected to Vesiev kind of shuffled some things around magically and um, just kind of uh, ended up reverting what was happening. And now uh, I think uh, Asha is no longer armadillo-y. So what does the moment look like when Pyre and Asha are reunited after this happens? I feel like, you know, Pyre got hit by a big thing, right? And came kind of crashing. By a lot. I got got way lost of an airship. Yeah. So... (laughs) Asha would have essentially just run full force out of the house to Pyre at that point, um, just to make sure that they were okay, trying to care for them in any way that she could. Yeah, and I, I mean, and I imagine it was like the Pyre, like Asha picking them up higher like leaning over them and like kind of hobbling their way back to the to the home um which again probably like higher leaning on anyone is a remarkable moment um so i think like allowing that space to be cared for in that moment by by asha mm-hmm. and asha like um Pyre just like declared their love and then like literally ran off. Uh do you do you say anything properly in this moment? Yeah, I think Asha, you know, brings Pyre into uh their bed and kind of tucks them in and it just says something to the effect of I can't believe I almost lost you. Um you know, I can't imagine living without you at this point. So, like, it, it's not so much a declaration of love explicitly, but that's exactly what's being implied. It's like, I can't imagine a world without you in it. I can't believe that you almost weren't here. Um, And I think I'm just going to tie a bow on things by saying um you know back to that that flash forward scene of you know people having a nice chill normal time in the restored house and there is a newspaper on the table uh with headlines that uh pontifex kevin uh is uh being court-martialed for (laughs) uh messing up real bad and costing the government a lot of money Hell yeah. Suck it, Kevin. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Kevin. Uh, awesome. Is there anything anyone else wants to add? 
we make another cake. <laughs> I love it. We make, we make a congrats, cake. you survived cake, and then we yeah. all eat it. You lived. Good job. Come up. Messieth is like meticulously decorating the cake that they will not eat. <laughs> I love that. But are you are you corporeal now? Can you eat the cake? Um Maybe they are. Maybe they are. Now they now maybe they have now had like with the breaking of the pack because they still did get overloaded at that point. They were able to break the pack. Maybe they are corporeal enough to eat cake for the first time. My God, you get to eat cake. I get it now. Yay! <laughs> Alice is so excited. <laughs> I get what you were saying about the cake, <laughs> right? Food. I is thought talks were useless. <laughs> Food is a hug. <laughs> well, I think, right. Yeah. I was like, first let me say like thank you, Ash, for coming on and running this game. This was lovely. Thank you. That so was so good. good. Was I'm delightful. very excited to share this with people. And thank you for having me. Uh deeply apologetic <laughs> that it went way longer than advertised. Um, it's fine but... I literally have already made notes that we're just going to release two episodes the week that this goes out so people will get part one and part two Monday and Thursday and we're good right. uh, but um, this this session was great and honestly like it was such a privilege to be able to play with a crew of uh, folks with non-binary relationships to gender because that is um, yeah uh, I I have played with lots of groups that have a high percentage of queer folks, but uh, I, I have not yet gotten to play uh, with with a whole crew. So that was very delightful for me. And it was really wonderful to get to play this game that like you wrote with you and like, yeah, like such a treat. So thank yeah. you. And it's, it's, it's so incredibly both faithful to the source material, but also so creative in its own way and so like howls is my like comfort movie it's what i watch every time i'm feeling sad so like it's like this was such a lovely thing to to be able to be a part of so thank you thank you um i do want to give a shout out to um stew pot um which is the game that uh i kind of borrowed a lot of how this game works from um it's a it's a game about fantasy adventurers that retire to start a tavern um and it has <laughs> so that's where the mini game structure like comes from um and, and it's also like a very cozy found family kind of game so um but yeah i uh i was in the middle of coming out as trans and i was like I'm going to show Howl's Moving Castle to my daughter for the first time and like literally half an hour into the movie I was like Howl's oh, Moving Castle is a trans love story um <laughs> and then I I I wrote the entire first draft of this game in two weeks honestly it was so fucking much uh <laughs> oh my god yeah uh uh a lot of my games have, you know, most of most of my games have been very much like an iterative process over a long period of time. But this game just kind of wrote itself and then I polished yeah. it a bit and then I was like, it's done. 
I was going to say, that's what hyperfixation does to people. It gives oh, them yeah. those great <laughs> bursts, those creative bursts to just do it, to just get the thing done. Let me tell you, hyperfixation plus gender dysphoria equals... Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, it no equals more, things that it. are not great when you are in your 40s. Let's put it that way. <laughs> All right. Well, well, yeah. To, I think to wrap us up, we'll do the thing that we always do, which is uh, we'll do a round of if you'd like to be found on the internet, where can people find you? Um, so we'll just go around as people are on the screen. So we'll start with Dakota um, and everything will be in show notes, including links to buying this game and everything else. So, uh, but where can people find you, Dakota? Yes. So everyone can find me on um Various social media, most of the major ones at this point, at Vision in Lilac. Um, and I hope you drop by uh, maybe a stream on Twitch or something. Jason, where can people find you? Oh, boy. Um, you can find me on most social medias with uh, at J underscore Sun, S-O-N, Laroc, L-A-R-O-C-K, because I'm original. My branding <laughs> is just my name. <laughs> uh, um, and MT, where can people find you? You can find me on social media at MT underscore H-A-R-T underscore. That's heart like the wrestler, not like the organ. Um, and if you're in Boston, come check out a drag show. And Ash, where can people find you? Um, you know, uh, I'm less on social media since the whatever is, has happened to Twitter, but uh, you can find me on Tumblr, uh, wondergeek, W-U-N-D-E-R geek.tumblr.com. Uh, um, I'm also Ash the Stampede on Mastodon. Um, uh, uh, and uh, my website is uh, peach, uh, like the fruit, pants, like the garment, press.com. Uh, and that's where you can find links to all of my uh, various games. Um, and uh, the Indie Press Revolution still has lots of physical copies if you want to pick one up. Um, my illustrator, Claudia Cangini, uh, absolutely crushed it with illustrations for this book. So, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No one can see them, but like as I was scrolling, they're like, these are delightful. They're really um, fun. Even just all the character sheet, like yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the the full the full page illustrations in the book honestly are incredible. I love them so much. So, um, it's it's very much worth picking up a copy. Uh, and then, as always, you can find the queer experience at the queer XP on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Blue Sky. If there's a social media platform, I'm going to try and claim a name for myself on it. It's fine. Um, and then the very quick things that are coming up. So if you're listening to this on a Monday and it's part one, then part two will drop on Thursday. If you're listening to this on Thursday, you've already listened to part one and it's over. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I may not re-edit the outro. It's cool. We'll just cut and paste. I love it. Um, uh, next, the, follow if the following Monday, uh, November 20th, we're playing a game called The Exceptionals, which is a X-Men inspired game written by a queer indigenous uh, game designer. Um, we've actually already recorded it. It was super fucking fun. Um, super crunchy character design, but then very rules light in gameplay itself. So we were pumped to get in there and play that. Um, the next table, the next like panel chat the week after will be a uh, beyond D&D &D, 
a discussion of tabletop role play game systems that are not D&D. Um, so we'll talk about some of our favorites and other things that are not the big dragon games. Uh, and then the last thing in November is that Thursday we'll drop our actual first legacy life among the ruins episode. Um, so episode, session 0.5 dropped uh, with some of our characters and, and a little bit of world building. And then we'll be introducing some new elements, uh, some new MT hearts even. And maybe Cult of Barbie. If you listen to the first episode, you'll understand-ish that. Um, but that's the rest of November. We're I'm super excited. We've got December lined up with some good stuff. Delta Green is on the horizon. Visigoths versus Malgoths is on the horizon. Um, and we're going to talk about a lot of emotional moments in video games. So lots of fun things on that docket. But otherwise, please check us all out. Go support anybody who is on today's episode. Buy everyone's stuff. Send people money because um, it's Trans Awareness Week and you should Venmo your trans friends money or go donate to trans funds of some sort because money is better than other things. Shout so. out to the Transgender Emergency Fund, which is an incredible New England nonprofit that provides yeah. direct support to trans people in need. Um, and until next time, it's been great. Bye. Bye.